Hello, everyone, and welcome back to my podcast. Today, we're going to be recording episode 13. And a first, one of the first things I'd like to say is Happy New Year. Um, hope your hope you, um 2022 was great to you, and I hope 2021 was really good to you as well. Um, and we're going to be talking about um a bunch of different things. First, winners and losers of NFL Week 17. Um, a new segment that I call Bum of the Week and Best of the Week. And we're going to be talking about the best NBA plays and moments of the year 2021. Um, so yeah, let's hop right into it with winners and losers. Um, our first winner is the Raiders. So I watched the Raiders Colts game, um, for a couple reasons. First reason is that I knew it was going to be a good game. Both these teams are good. Um, Both have explosive offenses and are very entertaining. Second reason, I was in my fantasy football championship, and uh, $35 was on the line. And um, I had Hunter Renfro, Derek Carr, Jonathan Taylor. Um, Yeah, so it was definitely a big game to watch for my fantasy team, too. Um, And the Raiders played... Um, I wouldn't say they played the they. Oh my! I wouldn't say they played the best game, but you know that's Raider football. Um, you don't. Derek Carr maybe not every game is gonna throw five hundred yards, a couple touchdowns, and they're not gonna stomp over teams every game. They played a hard nosed tact, hard nosed football. It was a it was a close game the whole time. They struck first and they were up seven nothing, and had a ten nothing lead at one point. And then the Colts started to come back. Um, Jonathan Taylor got going. Um, and the Colts offense started to play better. But that Ra- Raiders defense stepped up and um, played really well today. I mean, not today. What the heck? I am not starting off this episode good. Um, but, yes, um, Josh Jacobs played well. He didn't play the whole game, though, which might be a concern for the Raiders. He left early with a rib injury. And play would play would come in and play like two plays, and then come out for a couple plays and then go back in. But he'd have to take long breaks. Um and yes, that clutch throw from Derek Carr to Hunter Renfro on that third down was incredible. Um for me fantasy and it was just an incredible play to watch. And them being able to win that game definitely makes them a winner on my list. Another team that won a huge game, a very close game, are the Bengals. Um, going up against maybe the best team in the NFL, the Chiefs, um, they were down, and um, it wasn't looking too good for them. And then that Bengals offense and Jamar Chase's career game, I think 11 receptions, 269 yards, and three touchdowns. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, oh, my gosh. I haven't seen a receiver put up that big numbers in a very long time in the NFL, it's incredible, and I've I've I don't think I've ever seen it. Um, and there, the doubts that Jamar Chase received after dropping a few balls, um, in the preseason was insane. He was receiving a bunch of doubt. People were questioning his skill as a receiver, and he's played phenomenal this year. Um, one of the best rookie talents this year. Um, the rookie quarterbacks have not been too good besides Mac Jones and Justin Fields. Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson didn't play too good. But um, you can always rely on Jamar Chase to get to get you a huge play. And on that third and 27, I believe, Bengals are driving down the field, but penalties set them back. A terrible defensive call um, 
the Chiefs cornerbacks are all the way up. Instead of playing back and um, letting them run a short, small route, they press, and Jamar Chase just runs a go route, and Moss is um, the Chiefs cornerback and gets a first down. So a huge play and definitely a terrible decision by the Chiefs, and that ultimately cost them the game. And so the Bengals beating the Chiefs definitely – are the reason for them being a winner on my list. Um, let's go over to the losers. Um, speaking of the Bengals and the Chiefs, we have the Chiefs. A game they really should have won, and they had the lead, and they just gave it up, and their defense could not get a stop towards the end of that game. Um, they had the lead, um, and another big reason why they are a loser, they lost that number one seed to the Titans. Um, and the Titans... Um, I don't want to talk about them too much because I have them on my list um, as a winner, maybe. Who knows? Um, is that they have Derrick Henry coming back. Um, not this week, but uh, all the sources say um, from ESPN and NFL Network say that he is le- um, supposed to play. I mean, not play. Practice on this Wednesday, um, Wednesday, January 5th. And if he does, and A.J. Brown is just getting healthy, and if that team can get fully healthy, they are truly scary. Derrick Henry is, like, like, yikes. If you see a man, if you're at a bar, just sitting there, and Derrick Henry walks up to you, like, looking all mad, you know, like someone just smashed his drink, you know, you better be scared. You know, if he were to do that, I'd probably pee my pants. 100%. I'm not lying. Derrick Henry, he is just this mountain of a man. And running at you, he is incredibly hard to stop. And with him coming back, just makes that Titans team a lot scarier. Um, And, yes, so um, I completely got off topic. Um. So let's continue talking about the Titans, and then we'll go back to the Chiefs because I completely got off topic and started talking all about the Titans. So we'll keep talking about them. Um, They absolutely destroyed um, the Dolphins, who were a team that everyone thought, hey, they might make the playoffs. They're 8-8. They've won the past, like, five or six games or something. They've played decent teams. Well, the Titans just put a spear into Miami Dolphins' hearts. Truly. And, um, yeah. Um, their chances of making the playoffs are now very, very slim. Um, and yes. So, it's going to be very tough and a great performance by the Titans. And with them getting healthy, they're going to be very scary. And that is the reason why they're a team on my winner. So, let's go back to the Chiefs. Um, as I've said twice, a game they ultimately should have won, just slipped out of their hands, and a absolutely horrible call. Um, on a third and 27, just about lost them the game. Think about it. If you have all your corners and safeties playing way back, you're like, it's a three-man rush. You got eight guys in the secondary. And you – and, like, they have to run some screen pass or a small route to Tyree Kill, one of their playmakers, and you make a stop and they get, like, maybe 10, 15 yards at most. That changes the game completely. But because of that terrible defensive call, they lost the game. And, um, yeah, definitely tough because, you know, they should have won that game, as I've said many times. And 
Yes. So a game they ultimately should have won slipped out of their hands, and that's why they were a loser on my list. Let's go to our second loser team that I also just mentioned, the Dolphins. They got absolutely killed by the Titans, and they showed nothing. Tua played terribly. Tua has always had problems. Um, he could barely hold a starting job last year. Um, and it was tough. Ryan Fitzpatrick um, started sometimes. They would pull Tua out of the game, and they would force um, – and they would put Ryan Fitzpatrick in the game, and he struggled very bad last year. And we, he, might, he might be having those problems again this year. And the reason why they were, playing, they were making such a big comeback was mostly because of their defense. Their defense has been, had been playing really well, and um, their offense hasn't really been the reason why they've been winning these games. It's been all the defense. And now we finally show against a team where their defense fails, their offense fails. Um, so that team definitely relies on the defense, and when if you're if you're gonna try to make the playoffs as a Dolphins team, and you want to go up and you're going up against a Chiefs team or a Chargers or Bengals or Colts, any team that has incredible offensive firepower, they're not going to make it. And um, I've been saying this whole time. Um, I did have them as, like, a winner on my list maybe last episode or a couple episodes before just because of their winning streak. But I do think I said every time they haven't played very good teams. I mean, they did play the Ravens that one week. Um, but, yes, now against a real contender, they show their true colors. Um, so, yes, um, a terrible performance by their offense and defense makes them a loser on my list. We'll go back to the winners, and we're going to go to the Cardinals. The Cardinals played the Cowboys last week and won 25-22. to 22. Uh, a, a crazy fact that I heard and listened to um, was that um, Kyler Murray has never lost at um, – Oh my! I cannot remember the name of the Cowboy Stadium. Oh my! I'm just I'm brain farting. Here I'm gonna check on my Chromebook real quick. Stadium. AT and T Stadium. I thought it was AT and T Stadium. Okay. Okay. I I can't believe I just did that. I forgot the name of AT and T Stadium. Um. Uh, Kyler Murray has never lost at AT&T Stadium, which is a crazy fact. High school, college, um, and in the pros. I think he's 10-0, I believe. And, yeah, he continued that winning streak this week. Um, a game that was pretty sloppy from the beginning, but then they turned it up offensively. Um. They were out a couple guys. James Conner was out. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, as we know, has been out for a couple weeks now. And they're just lacking some weapons, and they still get it done. And they beat a good um, Cowboys team that has some potential going into the playoffs. You know, has the worst division of football, but, you know, going to make the playoffs literally any year, just about, um, just because they're a horrible division. But yes, um, yeah, a Cardinals team that got a good win against a good team in AT and T Stadium, the stadium that I forgot the name of. Um, that is the reason why they are a winner on my list. 
The next loser are the Colts. I mentioned them earlier when I talked about the Raiders. A, a game that they had to leave. They were winning, I think, uh, 14 to 10. Maybe they may, might have been up 17 to 10. And they lost the game. Um, they got a really lucky. Carson Wentz was rolling out of the pocket. T.Y. Hilton was running down the field. He was running a streak route and was just sitting right in front of the end zone. And um, and he literally just threw it up. And another Colts receiver came in, went to, went to also catch the ball. And Casey Hayward and another um, Raiders member of the secondary, they all collide except for T.Y. Hilton. The ball is tipped up in the air. He catches it. Right in his breadbasket, doesn't even have to move his arms, just placed right into there. And it was not a good throw, a terrible decision by Carson Wentz, but you know, really lucky. And of course, they have the best running back in the league right now, Jonathan Taylor. That's up for debate now that Derrick Henry might be coming back. Um, and yes, um, a game that they had to lead and just lost, and their offense. Just came up short. Their defense played really well. Darius Leonard had a nice pick. Um, Rocky Sin almost had a really nice interception. But their offense just couldn't get it done. Carson Wentz and Michael Pittman both just – that offense just couldn't get it done. Um, We're going to take a real quick break for a second. I got to go to the bathroom. And, um, yeah, so I'm just going to end the – um, I'm just going to end the podcast. Not the podcast. The episode – um, just right now, and, well, well, I'm just gonna stop recording, I have to go to the bathroom real quick, I'll be right back, probably be back in, like, one second. Okay, just had to use the restroom real quick, um, okay, I'm back, so the Colts, um, a bad loss, they had the, they had the win in their hands, and just, it slipped out, and final loser and winner, well, not winner, but the, basically, last team of the segment, are Baker and the Browns. Baker Mayfield, over the past couple weeks, has played horribly. Um, all of his throws are inaccurate. He's definitely had trouble with inaccuracy, and he's throwing a lot of interceptions. He threw four against the Packers, and at one point against the Steelers game, he was one for ten. He didn't complete his last nine passes. That's terrible. Um, most of that's from inaccuracy. Some of that's from... Um, pressure coming from T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, Alex Highsmith off the edge. But he just hasn't been playing well at all. He's been terrible. And with the Browns team that has some potential, has talent, they rely on Baker Mayfield too much when they don't have to. Nick Chubb is an absolute workload, and they need to give him the ball more. They choose to pass the ball so much when they don't have to, and they shouldn't because Baker Mayfield is not the focal point of that offense. The focal point of that offense is Nick Chubb and that offensive line. So they should be using it more and running the ball more, in my opinion. Um, a lot of Brown, I have a lot of Browns fans. You know, here in Pennsylvania, there's Browns fans, Steelers fans, some Eagles fans. Um, we don't really like the Eagles that much. Um, or they think they should just get rid of Mayfield and go with Keenum. At that point, you know, I'm questionable. We've, we haven't seen Keenum step up in big situations and play really well. And I don't think that's what they should do. I think they should – I don't think they should bring in Baker. I definitely think they shouldn't sign him. Maybe go after Pickett in the draft if they want to. Um, 
Or they could go after a guy in free agency like Aaron Rodgers. I don't think they will go after Aaron Rodgers, but I don't know if they'll do it at the quarterback position. So it's all going to come down to what the Browns do in the offseason. So that's going to be it for winners and losers of the Week 17 of the NFL. And we're going to do um, the topic that I mentioned, Bum of the Week and Best of the Week. Um, so basically I say who's been a bum and like who's been a absolute dummy and who's been stupid and uh, childish and well, childish fits the word of this week's bum. Antonio Brown. I'm pretty sure everyone knows about what happened, what he did. He flipped out about not getting in the game or him not wanting to go into the game. Tosses his pads, jersey off, takes his shirt off, tosses it into the field. Uh, not out of the field, into the stands. Um, takes his glove off, tosses them into the stands. Um, and it truly just shows why he isn't in the league because he's an immature man child. Um, he has no responsibility, and he's just he runs around, thinks he owns the place, owns the whole world, and he doesn't. He has no idea what he's doing. He there's been memes, memes all over about just Antonio Brown. And it's it it's it's necessary cuz he acted like a true baby and threw a temper tantrum on the field. And you can't do that as an NFL player as a man. As a woman, it doesn't matter. No one can do that. That is ridiculous. And I know it's just absolutely ridiculous. We don't know what's going to happen with him for sure. Um in the post-game interview, Bruce Aaron said that Anthony Brown was no longer Buck. But if you look at the roster, uh, and he wasn't on the waiver wire, and he's ne- he hasn't been released. So we don't really know what's going to happen um, with Anthony Brown, and he's definitely the bum of the week. The best might be a little biased, but I think Ben Roethlisberger, last game at home, sums up his entire career. I think he's a Hall of Fame quarterback, no doubt. I think his career should go down in history. There's been times where I've hated Ben Roethlisberger. There's been times where I can pour all of my hate and frustration of the Steelers and of sometimes maybe even the NFL, and I pour it on Ben Roethlisberger. I might not have done it on live, on air, on the podcast, but I do that in my own personal life. And I was wrong. Ben Roethlisberger has been the steady. Um, he's just been steady, and he's been a incredible quarterback for the past eighteen years, and it's incredible. Um, the debt that the city of Pittsburgh owes to Ben Roethlisberger is there is no amount that you can sum up to give. Ben Roethlisberger from the city of Pittsburgh. Just every emotion and everything that any Steelers fan has ever felt about Ben Roethlisberger and about Pittsburgh, it, it goes to him. And he truly deserves all the credit. And he deserves everything. I hope he has an incredible life after football. Um, and that environment, I watched it live being a Steelers fan. I had a basketball game. As soon as I got home, I watched that game live, and it was incredible. I wish I would have been there because that was probably the loudest and the best environment at Heinz Field of all time. And 
it was incredible. Signs, um, just the atmosphere. That post-game interview um, with Lisa Salters of ESPN was just heartfelt. And um, I'm not going to lie, I started to tear up watching that live. It was sad. Um, just knowing that he might, and it's likely that he's not going to be the Steelers' starting quarterback last year was saddening and upsetting to me. And I know I just spent probably the last two or three minutes just talking about Ben Roethlisberger and how much he's done for the Pittsburgh. And it might be biased. It might be. Um, But, you know, last thing that needs to be said about Ben Roethlisberger is how underrated he is all, all time. I think he's fifth all time in passing yards. And I think he's ace all time in passing touchdowns. I think with those stats, he's underrated. He's not looked at in the top 15, 10, even quarterbacks of all time. And I think he should be. Um, with how long he's played, how good he's been, I think he should be maybe one of the top 15 quarterbacks of all time. And yes, that's going to wrap it up for bum of the week and best of the week and now we're going to move on to the best nba moments and plays of 2021 it's not just 2021 2022 season it's all year um lat a bit the end of last year's season and yes so we're starting off with the best defensive play and this was unanimous for me i as soon as i was writing this down and i was best defensive play and moment i immediately thought of watching game four of the NBA Finals and just watching Giannis's block on DeAndre Ayton. It was incredible. It was my, like, my mind twisted in awe. And I was like, oh, my God. And there's been so much talk through the years that Giannis folds in the playoffs, can't lead his team to an NBA championship, never will be able to, can't get his team past the Easter Conference Finals. That and everything that everyone has said to doubt him was just tossed away like the ball that DeAndre Ayton that the ball that DeAndre Ayton had in his hand was about to dunk and that Giannis blocked. All thrown away. Like that play, I think it should be in the conversation of one of the best defensive plays of all time. I think it's one neck and neck one and two for LeBron's block on Iguodala in Game Seven of the NBA Finals. I truly think it's that incredible play. It's a hundred percent the best defense moment in play of all year. And I think I don't think there's going to be a play like that for the next ten, fifteen years. The athleticism and just the pure grit and hustle that he shows on that play is remarkable. And that's 100% the best defensive player of the year. Dunk of the year. This one was just easy for me. Um, Unanimous. I had to think about it actually a little bit. There was um, this play and the Miles Bridges dunk on Clint Capella. And when I was thinking about it, I think it's Anthony Edwards' dunk on Gabe Vincent. Most people don't know the name, Gabe Vincent. And I didn't know it either. I honestly had to do a little bit of research on who he is. And um, that dunk, Anthony Edwards, Ant-Man, had on Gabe Vincent. Oh, my gosh. Like, 
And then Gabe Vincent falls, and, like, Anthony Edwards lands on him, and it's like, oh, my. Like, that, like, like that play is just phenomenal to watch. A rookie Anthony Edwards, one of the most athletic prospects we've seen come out of college. And a lot of, there were a lot of doubts, his shooting, his shot selection, defense, and that dunk just, wow. Like, he just sh- shatters the rim. Oh, my. I'd say if John Moran finishes that dunk on Kevin Love, I think that's it easily. But he didn't. <laughs> if he did, it would have been 100%. Um, that play, I think, would be um, compared into and put almost in the same conversation to Vince Carter's dunk in the Olympics. But that didn't happen. And because that didn't happen – Anthony Edwards' dunk on Gabe Vincent is 100% the best, um, the best dunk of the year. Um, next, um, next kind of play of the year, record-breaking play of the year. I know there haven't been a lot of record-breaking plays, but I thought, you know, I just had to give a little bit of a shout out to the best shooter of all time. I think the second best point guard of all time. Maybe third. I don't know. Second and third. In my opinion, goes Magic, then Steph Curry. His 2,974-3 was incredible. I watched that game live, and it was incredible. The moment afterwards, the moment that ball went into the air, I knew it was going in. I knew Steph knew it was going in. I think everyone in that whole Madison Square Garden knew it was going in. Everyone stood up and watched history and everything unfold. That moment was Reggie Allen. Oh, my. Reggie Miller, Ray Allen, and Steph Curry. Um, Incredible. The moment with Steve Kerr. The moment with Draymond. Um, the moment with Del Curry, his dad. Just incredible. Um, And it, I, I think people finally realize people might have been throwing Steph under the bus when you think about top players of all time. And I think he, I'm not going to put him in the top five, but I will sure as heck maybe put him in that top down range. The effect he's had on the game is, I don't think anyone's had that effect. When he's thinking of the best players of all time, it's, you don't think about their effect on the game, really. You just know how good they were and you know how dominant they were. But Steph Curry, he just changed the game. He evolutionized the three-point shot. The percentage of points a team scores from when Steph Curry first came into the league and now I think has gone up by almost 35-40%, which is incredible. That's no coincidence. That's because of Steph Curry. That's because of all these young guys. That's because of Donovan Mitchell, Trey Young, Luka Doncic watching Steph Curry's magic unfold when they were little kids and maybe my age, 11, 12, 10 years old. And they were like, that's how I played the game and that's how I'm going to play the game because that's just what Steph Curry did. And I know I got off topic thinking about the top plays of all time, but now I'm talking about the greatest shooter and the one of the best, maybe one of the best players of all time. So, I think he's in that conversation. That was kind of a bold take there. That was kind of nice. You know, I kind of had to like 
straight stiffen up my shoulders. You know, it's kind of cool. That's nice. Good moment. All right, best all-around play, defense, offense, Drew Holiday, steal, and alley-oop to Giannis on the fast, on, in um, game five. Absolutely ridiculous. I think that NBA Finals is, has maybe some of the greatest plays of all time. It was incredible. Devin, Devin Booker goes to drive, and Drew Holiday goes in there. The ref almost calls a jump ball. That would have been tragic if he calls a jump ball. Um, but Drew Holiday rips that ball out like nobody cares. Rips the ball out, runs down the court, um, and just beautifully lays it up to Giannis, and Giannis throws it down in Phoenix. All of the momentum and energy from those Phoenix Suns fans was just pulled right out of the arena and tossed out. It was incredible. Just watching that play and watching Giannis finish that dunk and watching Giannis's stare into the crowd as he's flexing and just oh, so it was just incredible. An incredible play. Um and definitely the best all-around play of 2021. The best game winner. This was a tough one. There was recently there was the DeMar DeRozan game winner, which was incredible against the Pacers off one leg. It looked like a Kobe shot, which was truly incredible. Um, you know, Kobe still has that impact on the game. And um, there was also the Damian Lillard game winner against the Bulls um, when Zach Levine, um, Zach Levine and yeah, it was an incredible play. That one was good, too. But then I was thinking about it, and then I remember that DeAndre Ayton alley-oop game winner. That was just incredible. Originally, I thought he didn't dunk it. Originally, I thought, like, Jay Crowder just threw it up, and um, DeAndre Ayton just barely tapped it in. And then I looked at it that night. I looked it up from, like, a bunch of different views. I watched, like... Three different YouTube videos that showed me like forty-two different angles, courtside angles, um, angles from like all the way up. Like I don't know, but and then I realized DeAndre Ayton really dunked that ball. He didn't just barely tap it in and it went in, and everyone thought it was a dunk. No, that was a dunk. He um, but Jay Crowder deserves half of maybe more credit than DeAndre Ayton does. That might be a bit, um, I forgot the word, but like that might cause some arguments. Um, I, I can't believe I forgot the word. I am not having a good day today. Um, but yes, that game winner, that play was just phenomenal. Um, so yes, that is going to wrap it up for this very long episode. Um, this segment, this segment, um, the uh, best NBA plays was a very long segment when I started talking about Big Ben um, and when I started talking about uh, Steph Curry. That definitely stretched it out. So if you made it to the end, thank you so much for watching, um, and I hope you have a great day.